Uh, joining me, I think for the first time since I've been here at WBT, is Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Congressman, how are you? It's an honor to be on with the great Pete Callender, brother. <laughs> Doing well. So, um, first off, uh, Rittenhouse, has he accepted your offer for an internship? Uh, you know what? I won't get into the details, <laughs> but I got to speak to him on the phone. He is in high spirits. Uh, you know, it just to have that burden lifted off of him, you know, he was... Uh, perceived innocent until proven guilty, and I thank God he was uh, proved as innocent, and we still have a right to defend ourselves. But no answer yet on if he will take the internship, but you know what? I think that young man deserves a break. So, yeah, well, I mean, an internship in Congress, what, I mean, I'm not sure what it pays, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking if he decides to sue, he's going to make a lot more money on that course than he will on the internship track. I believe that is correct. You know, I've got a feeling he might beat my record as the youngest ever. <laughs> that's true he could that's true so uh all right let's talk a little bit about uh well what build back better and then i guess we can also talk about inflation the most expensive thanksgiving ever because it's kind of all related how about this do you think that the release of the uh the oil barrels from the strategic reserve you think that's gonna that's gonna help with the oil prices i will tell you the strategic reserve was a genius idea made by to put us on a wartime footing whenever we may need it in times of national crisis uh... we should not be in a time of national crisis uh... for oil you know i'm sitting outside of a gas station right now and i can tell you prices are nearing four dollars a gallon it's insane um, and I, I am just perplexed by the fact that we're having to tap into our strategic reserve which should be reserved for really times of dire a national disaster or any time that we may be facing uh, the potential of a war. Uh, but unfortunately, we're having to do this because we decided, hey, you know what, let's not drill our own oil. Let's not be energy independent. You know, don't we just love having a president who has to go on his knees, you know, feebling with his hands, begging OPEC to give them more oil? And, you know, I, good for the OPEC saying no. Why would they do this when they have such a weak president? They need to look after their own citizens, just like we do. So I guess it's kind of an admission that Biden sees himself as a natural disaster like that's i'm kidding no that <laughs> but it is kind of, it, it is it, it is kind of like that i mean it's a it's a terrible precedent and i think everybody recognizes right like this is politically motivated of course you know i mean everybody's seen the poll numbers and you don't need to see the poll numbers you just need to see the football stadiums chanting let's go brandon or the country music concerts chanting let's go brandon when you've got mechanics and stonemasons and welders and pipe fitters and linemen who are out here just you know feeling the actual effects of the dying room politics seeing the fact that you know you literally have the white house and its, its agents now saying hey you know what if you feel like the price of turkey is too high this year then maybe just don't buy a turkey that's not what we do in this country. We are a country of prosperity. Uh, we are a country who moves forward. But right now, we are just dwindling and spiraling down. So, uh, Congressman uh, Cawthorn, you announced also that you would be running for re-election, but not in uh, uh, the district that everybody kind of assumed you would be running in, uh, that you would actually go over and run in uh, the newly drawn, what, 13th district, right? That, And you said at the time that, uh, the 14th, you have no doubt, you have every confidence that they will send a patriotic fighter to D.C., but knowing the political realities of the 13th district, which does include, by the way, portions of Mecklenburg County here, um, I'm afraid that another establishment, go-along, get-along Republican, will prevail there. So you've taken some heat from uh, Dallas Woodhouse, he, the former Republican Party chairman, and wrote of uh, wrote about it at the Carolina Journal, and he says, like, you obviously don't have any faith in the voters of the 13th. 
So how, how do you respond to that criticism? Oh, you know what, my friend, I, I will tell you that I have every confidence in the voters of the new 13th district, but knowing that it's a brand new district, knowing exactly how hard it is to get a grassroots movement up and running, organized and able to actually uh, to work out an election, you know, it, it's a very difficult track and it takes a lot of infrastructure, it takes a lot of know-how, it takes a lot of, uh, uh, of knowledge. And, you know, the fact that, you know, the 13th congressional district does not even have a, a district chair because it's a brand new district, uh, whereas the 14th district is in incredible hands. You know, we've been working you know, ever since the days of Mark Meadows, um, making sure we had an incredible grassroots movement there. And I, I will tell you, you know, the, I had, with redistricting, I had several of my counties, three of them that were stripped away from me, put into this new 13th district, which made it of six counties, and that little sliver of Mecklenburg. And, you know, when I had those counties approach me and say, you know, we would still love to be represented by you, you know, we don't, we don't have the, uh, the, the grassroots machine built down here and, and actually infrastructured out. Uh, you know, I realize that we have an incredible opportunity right now to, to really seize this great chance where, you know, our, our state is growing and changing rapidly. So thank God, you know, we've had so many citizens move here because they see the, the business potential, they see the, uh, the lifestyle potential. People wanted to move here, so we got a new congressional district, which we made up of nearly 700,000 people. And, you know, it, it would be the honor of my life to get to go fight for them in Washington, D.C., and, you know, knowing what's going on in Washington. I believe we send another, you know, pleated pants and tasseled loafer Republican who just wants to see their name in the paper every other week. Uh, we're going to lose our country. And so, you know, I think this is a great strategic opportunity to advance the conservative movement and conservative leadership in North Carolina. Uh, and I'm excited to take on the challenge. All right. So are you talking about Tim Moore? Are you talking about the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore? That's what everybody assumes you're talking about him. So I'll just ask you directly. Are you talking about Tim Moore? <laughs> You know what? Everybody has been assuming I'm talking about him. Uh, as far as I know, he is uh, completely intending on running for uh, his speakership again in the North Carolina General Assembly. Uh, you know, I- I'm just talking in general terms, you know, uh, about the political realities that exist. You know, these people kind of have the, uh, the, the establishment on their side, whether it's the leadership in Washington, D.C., who coming to give them air cover or whatever it is, you know. We've tried to create this new conservative movement that, you know, sends its infrastructure to be able to give, you know, just normal Americans a fighting chance to be represented in Washington. So do you have somebody specifically in mind then that you're thinking of that was going to run for this seat or is running for this seat that you're talking about? Because you know, you know what, Pete, I'll tell you, my predecessor really tried to play kingmaker in his district. And while I think it's OK for people to make endorsements and such, you know, yeah. I really believe it's, it's most prudent to wait until you've seen a full debate, see everyone who's on stage and really make a, an assessment for who you think would represent the people the most. So I have absolutely no one picked. I'm not trying to get involved uh, heavily and, you know, say, hey, this is my kingmaker. I'm not even planning on if I know if I'm going to give a single endorsement or if I'll just say, hey, you know what, these six, I believe, are conservative. So any one of them would be great. You know, I really haven't made the decision. Right, because people were like, hey, well, this seems a lot like what Meadows did, which actually opened uh, that race up. Like uh, uh, Linda Bennett, not a great candidate. You, I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but she wasn't a great candidate. And uh, you beat her in the in the runoff. And a lot of people that, that what Meadows did left a bad taste in their mouth and and. Uh, I, I probably redounded to somewhat to your benefit in that race. Um, and so a lot of people are looking at, at at this move by you, and they're saying, is this kind of the same thing? So you don't see it like that. Well, you know, I think it's a fair question to raise. But, you know, I think the fact that I'm not trying to push any one candidate or get behind any one person until I've seen the full field pledged out, um, I think that speaks for itself. You know, I'm not trying to play kingmaker. Uh, I trust the people of Western North Carolina. I trust the people of the 13th District as well. You know, I, I think we're going to have great conservative representation from North Carolina and our congressional delegation.
Um, and uh, finally, uh, you mentioned Thanksgiving. So are you going with a, a tofu turkey this year uh, in order to save the money? Is that the right? Rec- so- was it a soy My turkey? friend, you know what? <laughs> because of the, our molars, I know God designed it to be omnivores, but I'm a stag. I'm close to the carnivores you can get. I will be eating a turkey. Very excited about it. I wish turkey season lined up more with uh, with Thanksgiving because I'd kill it myself. But you know what? I'm looking forward <laughs> to enjoying Thanksgiving with my family and the hopefully be able to bring some food out to a few sheriff deputies who are on duty protecting us. All right. Well, that sounds good. I appreciate the time as always, sir. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Uh, and have you uh, uh, back on. Doors always open for you. Appreciate the uh, uh, the time today. Pete, would love to be on any time, brother. Thanks for being right. in the trenches fighting this fight. See All right. News Talk 1110 wbt Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I just, I completely forgot to mention that I will soon be a resident of that area of Mecklenburg County that would be represented by the winner of the North Carolina 13th Congressional District race. So... Like any of the candidates, they're kind of competing for my affection. I <laughs> no, I just I completely forgot. I was gonna I was gonna tell him that. I was gonna say I was gonna frame it like, you know, I'm getting ready to move there, and now you're getting ready to to run there. Like, are you stalking me? I was gonna do like a whole thing like that, and I just I forgot. There needs to be like a bachelor kind of thing, right? Like in the debates, like all the questions are like, "What are you gonna do for Pete Callender?" I need you to show up for me. Are you going to show up for me? Like literally when I like book the interview, will you show up for the interview? <laughs> right. <clears throat> Can you tell? No, I do have the, I have more than uh, just a glancing kind of uh, interaction with the bachelor. Thank you, Christy. Just, no, it's just enough. To, to to give me some information so my jokes have a little bit of a connection to reality that makes them funnier. That's all. That's the only reason I'll watch a couple of episodes. Christy will have it on. I'll watch a couple of the episodes, and then I'm out because I don't, I don't care about it. I don't need to see anything. I just need a couple of people's names and to know what the scandal is. So I brought up the Madison Cawthorn, or I brought up the, uh, the Carolina Journal piece to Madison Cawthorn because... I think this is a fair question. It, I, I guess to his credit, he did say it's a fair question. He says he's not trying to be a kingmaker. And he didn't have anybody specifically in mind when he says the, that he doesn't want there to be a go-along, get-along Republican. Now, just by way of background, out in the 11th, there was, when Meadows was the congressman, there were constant rumors, like, well, every election cycle, there were rumors. And I don't know if they were true or not, but the rumors were always out and about that people were trying to, Republicans were trying to put up somebody against Meadows. They were always trying, there were always rumors that somebody was going to run against Meadows in the primary and that the GOP establishment, the rhinos were going to try to primary him. And I almost said it to him yesterday, because like, so one of the things he told me when John Boehner was still the Speaker of the House before Meadows ousted him with the House Freedom Caucus and all that, that 
whenever he would, because I asked him one day when I had him on the show, and and to their credit, uh, both of them, like nobody, these guys never, um, they never asked me what I'm going to ask them about. Like I'll tell them, hey, you want to come on? We'll talk about like Build Back Better. I'll you know talk about the the re, uh, the congressional run. I'll give them a topic because that's only fair. You're not going to have you know come on in and then like throw a bunch of like you know let's talk about Chinese economics. You know I got to do that to somebody. But generally, if stuff comes up, it comes up, and we just run down those paths. And so uh, I asked him, so, you know, I don't even remember how he got onto it, but I said, so, like, what does Boehner say to you in the hallway when you pass him? (laughs) Because surely you run into him. Jim, welcome to the program. Hello, Jim. What's going on? Something there sounded too rehearsed in the way he speaks. I mean, I had to clean my ears afterwards. He sounds like a straight-up. Uh, slick, dirty politician to me. And I'm, I have to say this, though. Why would he give Reitenhouse uh, the offer to, you know, be an intern if he's not trying to thrust himself in the public eye over this huge case that just went on? And the last thing I want to say to you is, if you got to do this bachelor thing with these guys, show them your calves and whoever, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe it'd be a way to... Whoever says you have the best calves, and Pam Warner's calves are not nearly as nice as yours. I have nice calves. I've been carrying a lot of weight around on them for a long period of time. They're very developed. Doing the same weight loss. What's that? She's taking the same weight loss class, isn't she? Yeah, she does PhD weight loss as well. Yeah, yeah. You should have read the fine print in all of that. It said you can fix everything but your calves. I well, I don't. Hey, at this point, that's the only thing I got. Uh, I'm holding on to. Like once I lost all the weight off my arms, I realized, wow, I my my arm muscles were not nearly as developed as my calf muscles were. So it's kind of a letdown. It's kind of a uh, if we circle back. Oh my God, I said it. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, so that's interesting. So wait a minute. So Monica just said. I'm fritzing out again. Well, that's disappointing because I had some really killer jokes that I delivered during that last fritz out. I just kept going through because I'm a professional. I just kept right on through, plowing ahead, made my jokes. And now I'm finding out nobody heard them. So now do I re-rack the joke and try it again, knowing that it would show up twice on the podcast? Or do I use this as an opportunity to direct people to the podcast so you can catch the jokes and they are hilarious and only one time are they ever uttered? That's the Rolling Stones. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I don't know what's going on with the the signal dropping out or the static. I hear it as static. It's all fritzy, and then it goes mute, and then it comes back on. I don't know why. And uh, Mark Mahler just came in, and he said the signal went out in the newsroom, too. So I don't know if it has something to do with the air conditioning or the heater or whatever that broke out there in the uh, news center. I'm not sure, but they are. They're working despite the 107-degree temperatures in the newsroom. Um, Aubrey, or sorry, Audrey, welcome to the program. Hello, Audrey. How are you? Hey, Pete. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, good. So what's up? 
Well, I just wanted to kind of call and uh, comment. Your last um, uh, guest there mentioned uh, Madison Cawthorn sounded a little scripted, and I have to say that I, I really agree with that. It sounds like he went to D.C. and learned how to be a politician um, in the last couple years that he's been up there. Yeah, he has so, only uh, been. A, this was this is his first term, so he's only been up there what less than less than two years. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I'm actually over in Gaston, and, um, you know, I've kind of been watching him and, and, you know, see what's going on, see him switching districts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, he made his first stop in Gaston County, and, you know, there's a lot of issues that he could talk about, but he did not do, like, a town hall or anything like that, you know, get to know the people here that, you know, could potentially be voting for him. Instead, he made a nice big fundraiser stop over at the Gaston Country Club to kick things off. Mm Mm-hmm. So I that, thought that was pretty interesting to you. That he did not do a town hall, but did a fundraiser. Yeah. You know, if you're going to come into the district, um, new candidate, you know, it would be nice to get to know the people and the issues out here in the county versus just making your first stop as a fundraiser stop over at the country club, where, you know, it's a private event and people can't necessarily get in there to talk issues and things like that so is there somebody else that you would uh prefer because they're there i mean as far as i know right now karen bentley is the only other uh republican candidate in the uh announced at least in the race yeah so i know karen's in there um there's another candidate that has announced um as well and i think that there's one more that's going to announce that i'm seeing in the conservative groups on facebook but tyler lee is another republican candidate um okay. that uh recently announced as well what is and do you know anything about him um and well i know that he um is definitely a you know christian-based candidate he is um you know an outsider essentially in my view he doesn't you know necessarily have the backing of rhino gaps or anybody like that so he seems to have a good head on his shoulders as far as um, the content that he's posting. Um, he orig- like recently said that he would um, back parents, you know, especially with the CRT and stuff that's going on. Um, for me, I, I generally kind of like to see people, um, you know, serve their term and then move on, um, let somebody else new come in. But um, those are just some of my thoughts on kind of the race right now, looking at it from Gaston County. I got you. Uh, Audrey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. All right, take care. Um, so Dallas Woodhouse has this lengthy piece at Carolina Journal. He put it out the other day after Cawthorn announced. Because in the video that Cawthorn uh, published when he announced his intention to switch districts, he said that he was afraid that another establishment go-along-to-get-along Republican will prevail there. And what Woodhouse then uh, opined in his piece is that the message is that the people in the far most western part of the state, which is now going to be the 14th district, that they're smart enough to send a patriotic fighter to Congress because, heck, they already did, right, with Madison Cawthorn. But without his intervention... In the 13th district, this is what Dallas Woodhouse writes, is that, quote, the rubes and rhinos in Gaston, Polk, Rutherford, McDowell, Cleveland, and Burke counties are likely to choose an establishment, go-along-get-along Republican, who's not a patriotic fighter. And so who is this establishment candidate? Now, and, like, that's why I asked him, like, point blank, is it Tim Moore? Um... 
which, by the way, I think I mentioned this a couple of days ago. I've seen them together. They and, and like, I believe if I remember correctly, they were talking with each other. Now I don't know what that means, but I w- they were at a fundraiser for Tom Tillis in the last election cycle, and they were both there. They were up in Asheville, so I mean they've. They obviously have encountered each other before, but Dallas Woodhouse makes this case. Well, wait a minute. Who are you talking about then? And like, this is the Speaker of the House. If you're talking about Tim Moore, like he just he's gaveling into law, the largest tax cut in North Carolina history over the objections of Roy Cooper. He got the budget deal done. The same speaker responsible for blocking Medicaid expansion a few weeks ago. The same speaker contemplating impeaching state Supreme Court and other judges for outrageous conduct. Uh, he walked away from budget negotiations with Cooper in 2019 and, you know, stiff-armed the teachers' union. Um, and he said, D- does he think then that the people of Cleveland County are have elected a go-along, get-along Republican in Tim Moore? So it didn't sound, I mean, it sounds like that's not what, I mean, I don't know if that's who he was saying. He Because Cawthorn, what did he, his response was what? That... Uh, uh, well, you know, that uh, he's going to run for re-election. Well, yeah, but he more announced he was running for re-election after Cawthorn made his announcement that he was going into the 13th. And that threw everybody for a loop. But then Dallas Woodhouse goes on to question, well, what about all of the other elected leaders from that area? And he goes on to name, you know, Ted Alexander, Kathy Harrington, uh, Kelly Hastings, John Torbett, David Rogers, Hugh Blackwell. Like all of these folks are from those areas uh, in or th- that that congressional 13th district now. And these are all people that could potentially run for Congress. And they're all state lawmakers and they're all conservatives and they've all gotten legislation done. And so, like, the question remains, who is he talking about? So it doesn't sound like, it, you know, again, I asked the question. And by the way, just as an aside here, people... Uh, usually will yell at me after I do interviews with people that are like, well, you should have called him an SOB or something like that. And I'm like, look, I ask the people the questions and then if you know, you make your determination based on their answers. I believe you're smart enough to make your own opinions, make your own determinations. And if you know, you know, you don't need me. And I mean, what people are basically looking for is validation. They want me to scream and yell at some interview subject so why? So I confirm their prior beliefs, right? Like, so I'm I'm validating somebody's opinion on that. Well, if you heard something, like I give the people the rope, they either make a noose or they make a swing, right? And it's not up to me to do that for them. You are able to make your own conclusions and opinions about how they answer the questions. And if you are able to decipher these things, why would you assume others cannot? All righty, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Pete Callender here. Let me bounce over and get Ada on. Hello, Ada. Welcome to the program. Hi, hi Pete. Hey, did I pronounce oh, your name yeah. correctly? Yes, you did. Thank good. you. Good, good. So what's up? Good, good. Uh, I was calling also about, um, is it Madison Cawthorn? Yeah. Um, I am moving to Asheville, so it's very ironic. I've lived in Charlotte <laughs> for over 30 years and moving to Asheville, so it's ironic that he's He's um, now coming to the, to the Mecklenburg side, but anyway. So uh, I got to ask Ada. I got to ask you first off. You know the 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 unofficial slogan of Asheville is "Welcome to Asheville, but bring your own job." 
So well, I, I was just I was just going to say <laughs> I, I definitely want to take you to lunch. You, you, you've got to fill me in, but anyway, <laughs> got to fill me in. But um, I have been involved over the years, and I'm going to date myself with you know uh, politics campaigns and things like that. Um, I did read an article about um, uh, Matthew's, or excuse me, I want to call him Matthew Madison's last uh, campaign um, filings. I've never seen it. I, I, well, I didn't read. I didn't read. I haven't actually gone to the report. Yeah. But from looking at the summary, I've never seen expenses like that. Disney trips, um, just all you know, all kinds of things. And I have been in Asheville long enough to know that I could hardly find the TV station. So I know he didn't spend it on media. <laughs> right. But I, I, yeah, I don't. Well, he, he spent a lot of money on uh, radio advertisements. <laughs> no, did he? Oh, did he? Well, good, good. Yeah, it's, out it's there. Uh, yeah, but also, but you'd I, have to go down I've into never, the. You got to yeah. if you're looking at the. Uh, you'd have to go down to the Greenville, uh, South Carolina TV stations to find ad buys right. down there because the there's three stations that are in that area and one of them is Asheville. The other two are out of Greenville. So. Uh, but I yeah right. I don't know. So when you said you looked at the the file the the campaign filings for well, this is for the twenty twenty race. Uh, uh, yes. Well, well, no. For his his last quarter. Oh, okay. Last quarter. I, I think it was in the Asheville Times, and I want to apologize because I did not actually go to the report. So this was just a summary of oh, oh, know, oh. Of, of, of the report. But uh, like I said, I worked for a worked for a lot of uh, yeah a lot of folks over the years, and I just had never seen you know trips trips like he had taken and the kind of expenses that you know that he had spent money on so, so what was the was, you mentioned a trip to disney uh, yeah, that's what what else right um there were uh, trips to disney oh gosh i knew you were going to tell me this i'm getting ready to go get my turkey so i you know i, I don't have <laughs> right. i've got other things on my mind but but no i i do want to delve into that more and so i like i said i do want to do a disclaimer that i'm not here and haven't done my homework. It's just from an art. It is from an article, but they did take it from the uh, from the last quarter, which was two million dollars. I was like, I was blown away. Oh, he's a prolific fundraiser. That's part of the right. Uh, I mean, that's part of his appeal, right? I mean, that's part of the deal. Like, so there's right. All right, I will tell you. This was the. Um, and, and I'm not telling you anything that's like uh, off the record or anything. But uh, right. former Congressman Pat, or not former Congress, but uh, Congressman Patrick McHenry. Uh, I did yeah. it. Uh, I've I've talked with him over the years. He's been in office, uh, I don't know, twenty yeah, years or so. And mm-hmm. he told me um, that when you go to Congress, you can be. And he wasn't talking about anybody specifically, but he said, sure. uh, when you go to Congress, you can be a bomb thrower, uh, or you can, you know, get stuff done. And when he first went, he was a bomb thrower. He was one of Tom Delay's attack dogs. And well, he said it took long, a yeah. yeah. And he said it took a long time to kind of mend fences enough where he could move legislation. He could work with other people from across the aisle on things that they agreed with to get legislation done. Now he said, now he's not saying one of those is better than the other. It's just, what do you want to be? What, what kind of a elected official do you want to be? Because you need the bomb throwers as much as you need the legislative leaders, because the bomb throwers are there to not just fundraise and make headlines, but they keep people from going astray, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you can get attacked from your own party by some of these people if you go too far. Like you know the the mm-hmm. the establishment or Rhino Republicans, like those those uh, those labels stick because they are thrown by uh, you know 
people in a different wing of the party. So uh, I think that's an accurate. Yeah, I think that's an accurate description of kind of the general fault lines. And um, I don't know. I think Cawthorn is a he's a prolific fundraiser. And I think that a lot of people want to be near him and want to uh, uh, want to, you know, benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Well, I would like to and, and maybe that's something you would you would like to do as well. But I would like to delve into um, the details for myself versus just, you know, reading, reading an article. But yes. some of the things that were thrown out there, and I do apologize for not knowing more of the items. No, that's okay. I mean, some look. The things that were out there were, 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 were I, like I said, they were, they were not normal. Right. From, yeah, yeah. Right. No, and I get that. Um, so, the, so two things. Yeah, I'll go look because I still have my Citizen Times subscription uh, out there. Uh, for all the good it is, which is not much. but yeah. And that's part two, which is just keep in mind that, for the most part, everybody that writes at the Citizen Times are Democrats with bylines. So that's what you get. You, I mean, these are, and if they're, and they're actually republishing um, uh, stuff out of a website called the Asheville Watchdog, which okay. um, is a new uh, website they started like a year ago. And it's a bunch of these old retired uh, Pulitzer Prize winning reporters that all just coincidentally ended up in Asheville. Shocker of shockers. Um, and they're, uh, they got together and they're doing the, uh, this website and, uh, their primary focus, I believe has been Cawthorn. Um, and in fact, Jim Morrill just did a big story about them at the assembly, which is a new other online publication. And he actually interviewed me for a couple of, uh, quotes for the piece. I had to write him back and be like, well, you left out one of the context, uh, pieces mm -hmm. that I gave you, but whatever, like that's why radio is superior to print. Because you get the whole conversation. <laughs> anyway, Ada, thanks so much. And I will say, you don't even have to do this uh, this research on Cawthorn because he's not going to be your congressman. Well, well, that's true. But I still am very <laughs> interested in the race and the new and the new um, district um, created district. So yeah, so I will sort of still be yeah. So the involved. yeah, there are a couple, and I, I don't know if I'm going to spend a whole lot of time looking at the candidates out in the 14th. Um, I'm, uh, Michelle Woodhouse, the she was the the you know caucus chair for the 11th district or whatever it is, or the district chair rather for the 11th, and she's now in it. And so po people think that you know Cawthorn tried to clear the way for her. Um, they got yes. Bruce O'Connell, and uh, I, I had some experience with him. He runs the Pisgah Inn out there, um, mm -hmm. and a bit of a like he. The personal story on that was that like he. They he agreed to do to let us go and broadcast my show from the Pisgah Inn during the government shutdown, and, yeah. uh, and then he got cold feet and was worried about his federal funding dry, uh, drying up, and so uh, they they pulled the plug on the show the day of or something uh, like that. And we were kind of hacked off about it, but I don't know anything about his politics. Um, and um, then there were a couple of other candidates that I had not ever heard of. So it's a yeah, pretty crowded field. Of, uh, I have my homework uh, cut out for me. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, well, Ada, good luck on the move. I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. And uh, I appreciate it. I'll go take a look at the Citizen Times story. I have not heard about a <laughs> about an expense report with Disney, with a Disney trip. I might have asked him about it. I was not aware of it. But uh, all right. Thanks so much for listening. Brett Winterbull coming up next. Stay tuned for that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. And I will talk with you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.